Hello, and welcome back to Latin One. My name is, of course, Deacon Nathan Allen, and uh, this week we will be moving on to Unit 4 of A Primer of Ecclesiastical Latin by John F. Collins. And this week we will introduce you to those wonderful little critters called adjectives. Now, as you recall from so oh so long ago when you were in school, an adjective is a word that modifies a noun. So it tells us something about the noun. And uh, um, for both uh, English and Latin, they're, they're the, the same sort of thing, although you can use an adjective uh, as a noun um, in both English and Latin, um, but typically it modifies a noun that's actually in the sentence, but when you use an adjective as if it were a noun, the noun is kind of understood. Like, for example, if you talked about, uh, say the phrase, you know, um, retirement is wasted on the aged and youth is wasted on the young. Okay, well, aged and young are both adjectives, right? And what they really are intended to be modifying a noun that isn't there. Retirement is wasted on the aged ones, the aged people, you know, so forth. And similarly, youth is wasted on the young people, right? So um, in those uh, senses, we're using uh, the adjective as if it is a substantive, uh, even though uh, it is grammatically an adjective. Latin and English are both do the same thing here, so uh, no problem uh, with that, it should be. Moving on to uh, uh, section 16 then on page uh, 27 of our book, we get first and second declension adjectives. Now with nouns, we have uh, five declensions we've talked about, and we've introduced you uh, to the first two declensions. It'll be Dr. May's class, the Latin II class, that'll start you in on the third, fourth, and fifth declensions. Um, <coughs> although we may occasionally get a, uh, a noun in one of those other declensions just for, you know, in some of our sentences, uh, we're not particularly going to be focusing on them. With adjectives, you will pl be pleased to learn there are only three declensions of adjectives rather than five. Um, and the first two are treated really almost as if they're the same thing, as if they're one declension. We have first and second declension adjectives because they all follow the same patterns that we already know from nouns in the first and second declensions. Adjectives, as with nouns, are going to have grammatical gender in Latin. And so you will have masculine adjectives, you will have feminine adjectives, and you will have neuter adjectives. And they will be declined in the first and second declension adjectives exactly like the nouns. Okay, so you can see the endings right there uh, in the little table on, on page 27 <coughs> with the, you know, the singular masculine uh, for first and second declension adjectives is us, i, u, o, um, and o. Feminine is a, 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 am, a. Neuter is um, i, o, um, o. And for the plural, it's i, orum, is, os, is. In the masculine and the feminine, it's a, arum, is, as, is. 
and in the neuter it's a orum is a is. Okay, it's exactly like the nouns. <coughs> and just as in the second declension masculine, we had those er um, uh, nouns in the nominative, so you have a few uh, er adjectives also um, in this uh, uh, first and second declension adjectives. And so one of them that we'll learn is sacer, which in the feminine is sacra, and in the neuter is sacrum. And so it'll, they would just define decline, decline as if it were one of those er masculine nouns in the second declension, uh, and in the feminine, in the feminine, uh, it would decline just as if it were an, uh, a normal first declension noun, and uh, in the neuter, it'll decline just as if it were a normal second declension neuter noun. Okay, uh, but these aren't nouns, these are adjectives, but they follow the same pattern. So you already know all that very well from having written out all your vocabulary words on your index cards, I am sure, and drilling them uh, until you know them thoroughly. So now uh, you know how to do first and second declension adjectives. So we have our, two, our examples here. We'll be introduced an adjective bonus. Obviously, we get our English word bonus from that, right? Um, but if you know any uh, um, Romance languages, modern Romance languages like French, right? What's the word for good is bon. Uh, and uh, um, uh, and uh, bene in, Latin, in Italian. Uh, so anyway, um, <clears throat> so bonus is, uh, uh, is good. Okay. And then we talked about sacer, sacra, sacrum is, uh, is uh, holy. All right. Or, um, and uh, notice then how we decline them. We decline them exactly as if they were nouns, as I said. So bonus, boni, bono, bonum, bono in the masculine singular. In the feminine singular, it would be bona, bone, bone, bonam, bona. And in the neuter singular, it would be bonum, boni, bono, bonum, bono. Okay, remember, in the neuter, across all declensions, for all nouns and adjectives, the nominative and the accusative are identical. Okay, in the plural, we have boni, bonorum, bonis, bonos, bonis, in the masculine. In the feminine, we have bone, bonarum, bonis, bonas, bonis. And in the neuter, we have bona, bonorum, bonis, bona, bonis. Again, the nominative and the accusative are identical, and in every neuter noun and adjective, across all declensions, the plural nominative and plural accusative end in A. Okay? Those, that never changes. So here we go. That's how to do those. Now, when you look at the adjective sacer, sacra, sacrum, incidentally, with these first and second declension adjectives, they'll often be listed in all three forms like that. And that, uh, uh, so that you can, you know that it's, it's a, uh, a first and second declension uh, adjective. Uh, sometimes, because obviously they follow the same pattern, it might be written as 
bonus and then dash letter A and then dash UM, you know, since so you know it is bonus bona bonum. But keep in mind that, you know, to learn, it's a good idea to learn the, all the all the forms. I mean, you've, you've got it down from the, the way they, they, they follow very regularly in the table. <clears throat> so if you just know that it's you know, bonus bona bonum, uh, sacer, sacra, sacrum. Now, again, sacer would decline just as if it were a noun in the one of those er nouns in the second declension masculine. So sacer, sacri, sacro, sacrum, sacro. But in the feminine, sacra, sacre, sacre, sacram, sacra. And in the neuter, sacrum, sacri, sacro, sacrum, sacro. And then the plurals would follow just as you would expect. All right, pretty easy, that stuff. You Now you have a whole world open to you of adjectives in the first and second declension, and a lot of adjectives are gonna fall in those two. Uh, uh, in that, well, that it's almost really one declension with three forms, right? Just like the second declension is masculine and neuter in two forms. All right, now we come to a very important point. And this is a hard one sometimes people have wrapping their heads around, especially English speakers, because apart from our pronouns, we don't have grammatical gender in English. If your language, native language, is one of the Romance languages where you have grammatical gender, or German where you have grammatical gender, it should be an easy point and it will feel very natural. But for those of us whom our natural or native language does not have grammatical gender. This is a difficult point, but if you just keep it straight in your mind, a hard and fast rule, you won't go wrong. And this is the rule regarding the agreement of an adjective and its noun. An adjective agrees with its noun in gender, number, and case always, always, always agrees with its noun in gender, number, and case. So if you have a masculine noun, the adjective is going to be masculine. If you have, it doesn't matter what declension it is. That's the key point. Suppose you have one of those masculine nouns in the first declension. You might think, oh, well, then I'll use the first declension form of the adjective. No, the noun is masculine. Therefore, you must use a masculine adjective, even though that would be in the, you know, the oos form uh, of the adjective. So if you're talking about the good pope, like remember Pope John the 23rd, they called him good Pope John. So if you're talking about the good pope, you would say papa bonus, not papa bona even though Papa would be first declension and Bona would be first declension, they don't agree in gender. So it's Papa Bonus, all right? Because a noun has to agree with its, or an adjective has to agree with its noun in gender, number, and case. Okay, number. So you don't use a singular adjective to modify a plural noun. Uh, or a plural uh, adjective to modify a singular noun, and you don't, and you have to agree in case. So if your noun is in the genitive, your adjective is going to be in the genitive. 
All right. An adjective agrees with its noun in gender, number, and case. Just drill that into your head. Make it a maxim that will, you know, it immediately just trips off the tongue. A noun, an adjective agrees with its noun in gender, number, and case. If you do that, you won't be, you won't go wrong. Sometimes it's pretty easy, though. I mean, if there are the same declension, like, uh, you know, if you have two second declension masculine. Uh, you have words, you got a second declension masculine noun modified by a second declension masculine adjective, then it's easy, right? So we have our example, Petrus erat bonus, Peter was good. But um, Petrus erat bonus papa, <laughs> okay? Peter was a good pope because papa, and we already talked about this, papa is, is uh, first declension, but it's masculine, so bonus is the form. All right. Good. I think we've beat that dead horse uh, long enough, but keep that ever coming back in mind, especially it's going to get complicated as you start opening up more uh, Latin nouns and you start getting into those five, uh, the rest of the five declensions and you start, or you start getting, you know, a third declension uh, adjective modifying a second declension neuter noun. You, know, it can, you can see how it can start getting complicated, but just always keep in mind, an adjective agrees with its noun in gender, number, and case. All right. Um, section 18, nominal sentences. In a short sentence, the present tense sum can be dropped. In Latin, a lot of words can be dropped. Remember, in all of our verbs, pronoun is already baked into the verb. Um, in uh, a lot of our nouns, the preposition is already baked into the case. So in Latin, a lot of words can be dropped. And incidentally, we'll get, we'll get to this a little bit later when we start talking about Latin sentence structure. But um, when you bring something in that you didn't have to bring in because it's already kind of hidden in the verb, the, the pronoun is already hidden in the verb or the preposition is already hidden in the case of the noun, when you add that preposition or when you add that pronoun, uh, or in this case with the verb sum, if you add sum when you don't need it, uh, what you're doing is depending on how you do it and where it's positioned in the sentence, you're calling attention to it. So you're sort of emphasizing it, all right? So here's our, uh, our, our sentence, um, Apostoli Ministri Christi. The apostles are the ministers of Christ. Okay, notice where we have apostoli, right? That's nominative plural. And so... Um, anything that is modifying it, whether it's a noun as a predicate, right, which is what we have here with minister becoming, we, we put it in the nominative plural because it agrees with the noun it's modifying in gender, number, and case. So apostoli, ministri, and then Christi of Christ. Okay. Um, but sum, or the, the verb sum, which we, here would be sunt, uh, right is 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 lacking because we don't need it. If we put it in there, if we said apostoli ministri Christi sunt, um, we would be emphasizing that the apostles are the ministers of Christ. Okay. 
Verba domini bona. The words, verba, verbum, remember, is a neuter noun, so it's, its plural is verba. Verba, and the adjective is bona, okay? Because they're both neuter, and they agree in gender, number, and case. Verba domini, so the words of the Lord, bona, are good. Again, if we said verba domini bona sunt, or sunt bona, we are emphasizing that word, that they are good, as opposed to something else. All right. How to answer syntax questions. The mastery of Latin is made easier by a careful analysis of the structure or syntax of sentences. Okay. All aspects of grammar are important, um, but Collins tells us here, and, and he's right, well, of course he's right. He knows more about Latin than I will ever know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the the uh, that there there are two tasks: identifying of the case of a given noun, right? Because that's going to tell you what part of speech it is, um, or, or noun, and of course adjectives in the sentence. So you can and uh, and then determining the reason for that case. Okay. Um, and. Uh, uh, you know, so we have that sentence, verba domini bona, we look at verba, what case? Well, we know it's nominative plural. It could be accusative plural, but then there's no action verb going on there, which it would be the, you know, um, the, the object of, uh, the direct object, right? Um, so uh, uh, verba, uh, well, we know it's nominative. And why, why is it nominative? Because it is the subject of the sentence. Domini, what case is that? Well, we look at it and think, hmm, gosh, it could be genitive singular or it could be nominative plural. Well, nominative plural doesn't make any sense. Um, but the genitive, oh, of the Lord. Okay, it's the Lord's words. And so why is it genitive? It's the genitive of possession, that really common form of, of uh, probably the most the most common reason why we use the genitive, that sense of where we would put the preposition of, or, or we might make put an apostrophe s after it, right? The Lord's words or the words of the Lord. Bona, what case is that? Well, it's nominative, right? Nominative plural. We've talked about that. Why? Because it's a predicate adjective. It's modifying verba. It's it's agree, and so it has to agree in gender, number, and case with the subject of the sentence. Okay. So the key point to take away from all this, what is it? An adjective agrees with its noun in gender, number, and case. All right, let's move on to our vocabulary. Here we're going to learn an, a second declension masculine noun, anum, animus animi. Okay. Now, a few chapters later, we're going to learn another word. This one's masculine, and we're going to learn anima, anime. Okay, they're both, you know, follow the standard rules of, you know, in this animus of the uh, second declension masculine, anima of the second, uh, the first declension feminine. But um, so I don't know why we're, why he delays in giving us, uh, Collins delays in giving us anima, because that's a very common word for Christians, because it means soul, although to a pagan Roman, it would have had more of the sense of life. 
you know, like the 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 the, the animating um, element that makes something alive. Uh, not necessarily the Christian idea of the immortal soul, although that's how it's usually used in in Christian Latin. Animus, uh, masculine. This is kind of a heart, mind, spirit. You know, it's it's the animating force within the an animal or a plant or well, especially an animal. Um, we uh, use this word in English um, negatively. Uh, uh, and so we have our word animus or animosity. You know, um, uh, it's kind of a driving force within something. But anyway, that's the heart, mind, spirit. Gladius gladii, masculine, second declension. This is sword. Where do we get a word for this? Well, think of a gladiator as somebody who fought with a sword. Um, but also plants like gladiola, right? Because it's sword shaped. Okay. Um, magister, magistri. This is one of those ER, second declension masculine nouns. This means teacher, master, rabbi. What kind of words do we have from this? Well, we have like magistrate magisterial magisterium is a good latin word for the teaching of the you know the the uh, teaching office of the church um coming by from latin through italian and into english we get maestro um uh and you know we also get master master comes from the same word magister um all right um and then another masculine second declension noun modus modi this is manner or way. So we get our English word mode. We also get mood in the grammatical sense, like the indicative mood of a verb or the imperative or the or subjunctive mood, you know, okay. Um, uh, in, here's, a, here's a Latin phrase that you probably hear from time to time. Maybe you don't. Modus operandi, modus, modus operandi the method of operation, okay? The, 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 the way something operates uh, or the way someone operates, right? So if you talk about, you know, you're watching some cop show and they're trying to figure out who the serial killer is and they, the way that the pattern is the same, this is his modus operandi. Um, okay, the manner, the way. Okay, um, mundus, mundi. This is world in the sense of the planet. Um, or you know the physical thing we talked about uh, uh, secula last or seculum last uh, time uh, that has uh, more of a sense of like the age, um, but mundus mundi is the world. And this is a masculine noun. Another masculine second declension noun. Uh, oh, in, 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 incidentally, mundus. You know, like in English, we have like a word like mundane. You know, is worldly. It's just ordinary. You know, um, um, yeah. Uh, numer uh, the uh, next word, uh, masculine noun, numerus numeri. That's number or multitude. Um, like if you're talking about a number of people, and again, num we have English word numeral. You know, 
numbers. If someone is numerate, they're good with numbers uh, and so forth. All right. Um, aurum auri is gold. That's a noun. Uh, what do we have for English uh, um, derivatives? Well, we'll talk about like the, the uh, um, 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 or in, in meaning like, you know, uh, um, unprocessed metal that's still in the matrix of the rock. Um, uh, if you know the language of heraldry, you know, uh, coats of arms and so forth, the word for yellow or gold is or, spelled just O-R. Okay, and that's the same word here. Um, uh, so, um, aurum, auri is gold. Um, chinaculum, chinaculi, here's a neuter uh, noun. This is a dining room. It's also an upper room or an upstairs room because in the ancient world, if you're upstairs, there can be cross breezes, and so it's cooler, more comfortable. Downstairs is going to be where all the work is done. Um, so uh, anyway, chinaculum chinaculi. Uh, we're going to learn that word later, but it's actually a, uh, um, uh, a form coming off of the word for dinner, <laughs> chana. Actually, didn't we learn chana? Maybe we did learn chana in chapter one. Um, Chena, yeah, we did. Chena is a supper or a dinner, so a, a chenaculum is the place where you have dinner. It's your, your dining room. Um, in English, uh, we might talk about the upper room where Jesus celebrated the Last Supper as the cynical. Same word, right? Okay. Um, sacramentum sacramenti. This is a neuter noun. Obviously, it means sacrament, and you can see that it's got that first element of something holy. To a first century pagan Roman, um, sacramentum would probably have meant something more like a vow. Um, and in particular, they would have used this word for the oath that the legionaries took when they signed up for military service, okay? Um, so it has a very specific Christian meaning of sacrament as we understand it, with the seven sacraments and so forth, that it would have had a much broader meaning to a first century pagan. Although I kind of like calling attention to that because, you know, especially if you think about marriage, marriage is a sacrament. Well, what would we think of a soldier who had signed up for duty and then suddenly, you know, the country has to go to war and the soldier is suddenly saying, well, what? I, I signed up for the GI Bill and the education benefits. I, I didn't, you know, mean like, like going to war, war, and then bolts for, you know, Canada or some other country. We'd, we'd call him a deserter. Well, marriage is a sacrament, and yes, signed up for better or for worse, for sicker, uh, in sickness and in health, for you know, for uh, till death do us part. Maybe we might kind of think about having the same sort of uh, thoughts about ourselves, uh, uh, you know, chucking our marriages in when things get difficult that we might have of you know somebody deciding to 
desert the military post because things were getting a little hot. Well, okay, I'll step up. Is that my soapbox is a little bit, uh, it's a couple of feet high here. I'll step down from it. All right, very good. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> our next, uh, now we're going to get an adjective. And this is one of those first and second declension adjectives. So you see eternus a um. Okay, so that's eternus in the masculine, eterna in the feminine, eternum in the neuter. And that means eternal. Okay, well, obviously, uh, it's almost identical to eternal. Um, uh, and when you put in eternum, that means forever, okay? In the same way that in secula, because eternum here, this would be the accusative. So in taking the accusative is like, um, I've talked about how when you, we haven't actually learned in yet, have we? Uh, but I mean, obviously it means in. <laughs> um, uh, it can also mean on when it takes the ablative. But when it takes the accusative, it means into or onto. Because when an adjective, when a, when a preposition takes the, the, um, takes the uh, accusative, it usually has a sense of direction going on. And so this would be into uh, eternity, into eternal, the, the eternal. Okay. Uh, so that means forever. All right. Antiquus aum. This is old or ancient. Obviously, you know, we have antique, um, uh, antiquated, uh, other uh, derivative forms from this. Antiquus. Um, notice that there are two U's, so they're both pronounced. So antiquus. Um, this, uh, when it's used as a plural, uh, means the you're using it as a, it's an adjective, but you're using it like a noun, um, just as we might say the aged, and we mean the aged people or ones. In Latin, uh, if you used antiquus uh, as a substantive, it would mean the ancients or your forefathers, okay, the people who've gone before you, all right, the old ones. Um, beatus, beata, beatum, blessed or happy. Obviously, we have beatitude, we have uh, beatify, um, you know, are, are from, uh, uh, from this, this one. Blessed or happy. Bonus, aum, we've covered that, that's good. Um, clarus, clara, clarum, is clear or bright. But it can also mean glorious or famous. And so, obviously, you know, you know, we have clear and we have clarity, um, uh, clarinet, clarion, which is a, you know, like a, a really bright horn sound, um, uh, um, clarion call, you know, that the, the trumpet is sounding and so forth. All right, clarus. Uh, so, it's easy for us to see that clear or bright sense, but keep in mind that it does have that also that sense of glorious or famous. Um, manus, mania, manium, great, large, or big. Obviously, we have like magnify, uh, um, uh, yeah. So, and again, keep in mind, 
Remember, adjectives have to agree with their noun and gender number and case. So here would be another example. If you were using uh, a pope, like you're say you're talking about Gregory the Great, Gregorius Manius, right? But what if you were not talking about Gregory the Great, you're talking about Attila the Great, <laughs> you know? Uh, it would be Attila Manius, not Attila Mania because it has to agree in gender, number, and case. All right, I'm going to keep repeating that because you got to get that into your heads. It's an easy mistake for us as English speakers to make. All right, malus, mala malum, is bad or wicked. Um, obviously, we have words, a lot of English words that start with mal, meaning bad. It's like maladjusted, uh, malaprop, um, uh, you know, malady. Um, malice, for that matter. Um, okay. And then here is a, an adjective, but it's also a pronoun. Uh, meus, mea, meum. Uh, mine or my. Okay. Um, mortuus, mortua, mortuum. This is the dead. And obviously we have words like mortuary, mortician, so forth. Um, multus, multa, multum. This is much or many. Now, um, we, we obviously we have uh, multitude, uh, uh, multiply. You know, we have a lot of English words that are that that come from this. Um, noster nostra nostrum. Now notice they're going to write out the whole thing because it's an er adjective. Uh, this is our or ours. Um, Novus, nova, novum. This is new or recent. Obviously, we have things like a nova. You know, if a supernova, a star blows up, it looks like it's called a nova because it looks like there's a new star suddenly in the sky because maybe it was a star that was so dim we couldn't see it with the naked eye. But because it blew up, it's suddenly bright in the sky for a few months. Um, and that's where we started calling those, those uh, astronomical 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 phenomena, um, uh, novas. Um, we also have our word novel, both in the adjective sense of that's a novel idea, uh, and also the idea of a, of a book was a new story, so it was a novel. Uh, um, uh, or in religious life, we have a novice, or if somebody's, you know, a novice at playing chess or whatever, um, that comes from the same word for new. Pius, pia, pium, means holy or loving or tender. Now, in English, we uh, have the notion of pious, right? And, we, and it has a religious notion that doesn't necessarily have a religious sense in Latin, although it can. I mean, holy, certainly. Uh, but loving or tender is probably is a common meaning. Its opposite is impius, impia, impium, wicked or godless, right? Just as we have impious or impious, depending on how you pronounce it, uh, as an adjective in English. 
We've covered this next one, Satyar Sakra Sakrum, holy or sacred. And obviously, you know, sacral, sacristy, uh, sacrarium, all those words in English come from the same word. Here's another uh, adjective that's kind of a pronoun as well. Tuus, tua, tuum. This is the singular for your or yours. Um, verus, vera, verum is true. Just as we have in English, we talk about, you know, veracity, uh, verity, veritable. Vera Cruz is one of the uh, derivatives that we're given on the next page in our book. The True Cross, right? Vera Cruz would be uh, Spanish for the True Cross. Um, all right. Vivus, viva, vivum. This is living or alive, right? And we, we obviously you know, vivacious, you know, vivacity. Um, uh, um, you know, if it's something is viva voce, that means with living voice, right? That's actually a Latin, a Latin phrase. Um, uh, so, uh, um, you know, we talk, and again, that sense of life, revive, you know, uh, all those are, are words that are in English that come from this word vivus. Sabaot. This is a Hebrew word. And a lot of times in Christian, so a first century pagan would never have known what this word means. They look at you blankly. But it, it comes from uh, Hebrew. And often when Hebrew words from the Old Testament come into ecclesiastical Latin, they are left undeclined. The, the Romans just didn't know what to do with them. Uh, Hebrew is not a, uh, an inflected language, so it didn't have declensions like this. So it would be left all alone. Sabaot is, uh, is treated as, it's a plural noun in Hebrew, so it's, it's treated that way in, in Latin. Um, means probably something like armies or hosts. And so in English, the Latin phrase Deus Sabaot is usually translated God of hosts. Dominus Deus Sabaot, Lord God of hosts. Okay, um, but you know it's 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 not a word that a pagan Roman would have ever known, because it is a it's a Hebrew word, and then uh, ubi is an adverb which means where, but it's an interrogatory ad adverb, so it's the question where is something you know, all right. Um, we have, let's see, I think we've covered all of the uh, uh, vocabulary notes and the derivatives. So we move on to the drills on page uh, 32 and 33. That's your homework for this week. Um, again, you know, uh, make your, uh, do your, when you translate your sentences, keep in mind they can be translated many different ways. Don't be content with a straight-up literal translation, although that may be what you'll start with. But try to get at what this, you know, what, how would you say that in English, you know, in a way that's actually idiomatic English. Um, and uh, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss them. Again, if you have any questions on Unit 4, 
you can e email them to me. Let me give you my email again. I think the last couple of weeks I haven't given it to you, uh, although you probably all have it down. But uh, it is alann at archspm.org. So remember, my name is Deacon Nathan Allen. So it's Allen, A-L-L-E-N-N, at ArchSPM, so Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, so A-R-C-H-S-P-M.org. Uh, try to get any questions you may have to me by Wednesday of this week um, as, so that I can address them in uh, a, uh, uh, a podcast that will drop before we kick off next week's lesson. Um, and I'll also, again, I don't, as in the past, I won't go through all of the exercises, uh, but point out any ones that seem interesting to me uh, or perhaps uh, might uh, be likely to trip people up. Um, and, uh, um, and if there's any interesting grammatical bits to explain from them, we'll try to pull them out. All right. Very good. Next week, next week, oh my, next week we're going to start uh, launching into verbs. Um, uh, we've had one verb already with the verb sum, esse, fui futurus. Uh, so we're going to learn um, uh, some more uh, aspects of, of verbs. Um, we'll talk about their, their uh, you know, the different uh, things about, you know, person, number, tense, uh, time, aspect, all that stuff uh, um, next week. All right. Very good. Uh, I, uh, we're closing in on Christmas time. And uh, so um, actually, we are right now in the midst of, by the time you're listening to this, the midst of the week leading up to Christmas, right? And in the church's prayers, there are, um, uh, for Vespers on the uh, evenings from December 17th through December 23rd, there are special antiphons that are said before we uh, sing the Magnificat, the uh, Canticle of Mary from uh, from. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 1, when uh, um, that, our, that Our Lady uh, uh, prayed, um, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And these antiphons, actually, they form the verses of the great Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And they're called the O antiphons because they always begin with O. And so December 17th is O Sapientia, O Wisdom. Um, December 18th is O Adonai, which is the Hebrew word for Lord. Um, and then December 19th is O Radix Jesse, O uh, Root of, of Jesse. And then December 20th is O Clavis David. O key of David. And December 21st is O Oriens, O morning star, you know, the eastern uh, 
the eastern star, uh, rising in the east. December 22nd, the antiphon begins, O Rex Gentium, O King of the Nations, of the Gentiles. And then December 23rd is O Emmanuel, you know, which is that Hebrew word that means God with us. Now, these are great, you know, they're beautiful little prayers. Um, uh, and like I say, they, they form the basis of our great Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the various verses of it. Interesting little bit here about how our liturgy is constructed. If you take the first letter of each of those ant of those titles of our Lord, O Sapientia, O Adonai, O Rares Yesi, O Clavis David, O Oriens, O Rex Gentium, O Emmanuel, and you come, so you've come to, you know, the day just before Christmas Eve, what happens if you spell them backwards? If you take those letters, S-A-R-C-O-R-E, and you go backwards, E-R-O-C-R-A-S, in Latin, you get the sentence, Ero Cras, I will be there tomorrow. Ha! How's that? Okay. So, anyway, uh, I uh, wish you all a blessed Christmas, um, and uh, we will uh, talk to you next time. Again, if you have um, any uh, um, questions uh, for me, please uh, email them to me as soon as you can. Obviously, we're careening in on Christmas Day, and so we may be taking like an extra week here or whatever, um, but... Uh, if you can get me any questions that you might have on this chapter, uh, um, uh, we'll address them in a separate podcast before we drop the uh, next unit. All right. Very good. Thank you. God bless you.